Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Hey, did I tell you last week it was going to be cooler today? Who was here last week? I prophesied that. You can go ahead and say it now. And are you feeling the cool breeze blowing across? Isn't that amazing? So, well, we're uh, in a series called Unprecedented. And a couple things before I get uh, knee deep in today's message is it's really cool. I just got a text message from Pastor Keith down in our Sherwood campus, which they're doing the same exact thing we're doing live at their campus. And then for the next two services, the 1045 and the, uh, what time is our next service after that? 1230. I still don't have it right. Um, it's been how many years now? Three. <laughs> uh, but they'll be watching this service here uh, if they're from Sherwood. But next week, next Saturday, we're doing our open house at Sherwood. I would encourage you to come down there. Even if you don't go to the Sherwood campus, we're going to pray over that, that campus. So we're going to have stations where we can pray, and we can pray in the children's ministry area, in the atrium area. Uh, and so uh, you can get all the information online. And then next Sunday morning, we are launching our new campus, actually launching the Sherwood campus be simulcast for the first two weeks from here, so they'll get worship from here, and they'll get the message from here, and then after that, they will, I need some help too, I need somebody, can... somebody was supposed to get that for me, um, uh, they'll, they'll do, um, after that, we'll do worship here, they'll do worship live down there, and then we'll simulcast the message every week, so I'm excited about what God's about to do. Now, I need you guys to think about something, I need this right here. If you follow me on Facebook, you don't have to follow me on Facebook. I don't want you to follow me, really. But you saw me put these um, last night on my Facebook page, just talking about getting ready for the message. I was putting the final touches on this. Now, I need some of you to think through this. For some, it's going to be a real long time ago. For some, it's maybe you're currently involved in this. But it's the concept of when you had to train your kids how to swim. Anybody remember those days? Anybody going through those days right now, like you're teaching kids to swim? Okay, it's an interesting concept. And so one of the things that I learned about my kids, like I had three twin, I had twins, and then I had an older daughter. She was two years older than the twins. We were down at Hilton Head, and I was trying to teach her how to swim. So I told her, like, jump off the side. You remember that day? You know, come on, jump off the side. But we didn't get that, like, that far into it the first day. Swimming to her was a couple different things. Bethany would either get in the bathtub and blow bubbles in the bathtub. Anybody do that still? Like, adults don't raise your hand. That's really weird. Like, or they would sit on the, the bottom step, and they would kind of be just about right here, and it would, that was swimming. Or if they advanced to the next stage, they would cling to my neck as tight as they possibly could and allow me to walk in the shallow end, and that was swimming. But there was one specific day when we were in Hilton Head that I it kind of etched in my mind. And we're sitting there, and I told her to put her swimmies on, and I told her to put the inner tube on. And she was sitting on the side of the pool, getting ready to maybe jump. And I said, okay, you ready? Yes. Are you really ready? And like, I was kind of psyching myself up too to make sure I was ready, because this is it's a big moment in a dad's life, right, when, when they put their trust completely in you. And so I went, three, two, are you ready? Like, are, are, are you really ready? Yeah, yeah, Daddy, yeah, I'm ready. Three, two, one, and she sat there in fear. Never moved. Anybody else have a kid like that? Just sat there. And I kept saying, baby, you can trust me. And so I said one more time, she goes, Daddy, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. 
So I said, okay, you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. And she stood there. And I remember this line. And it's etched in my mind forever. I'll catch you. I promise. Today's story, Megan's already talked about. It's about following somebody. And today's story is an unprecedented event. I've never met anybody that's done this or even come close to this. We read about it in the book of Matthew. And it's a story by, about a man named Peter. And Peter gets a bad rap through all the Bible. And even in this story where he's literally going to walk on water, we have a tendency to worry more about the fact that he sank than the fact that he walked on water. So by a show of hands, how many people have ever walked on water? That's what I thought. So he did something that nobody in this, this, this parking lot has ever done before. And so he gets an A plus in faith, doesn't he, for at least giving it a try. But there's some unprecedented things we can learn from the story. And it's interesting because as I read through the story over and over again, I think about that phrase, I'll catch you. It was almost like Jesus was saying, listen, Peter, I'll catch you. I got this. I'll catch you. If you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to open it if you're following online. It's Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. I'm going to read a little bit. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time, was a long way from the, from the land, beating by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came then, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. It is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come, Peter. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of it, saying, of, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Unprecedented. The truth of this whole story is Peter made only a few steps but he made it further than anybody else on that boat. As a matter of fact, he was the only one in the boat that tried it, right? And there's a lesson to be learned there. So many times in our lives, God's calling us out on the water. People around us are not going to do the things that we think that God's telling us to do necessarily. And God's just waiting for us to make a move. And this is what I've learned. Peter's life is about a series of those stepping out in faith moments. Every moment of Peter's life, even the moments that it looked like he was doing something wrong, those were stepping out of Matthew 16. You remember the story? He denied Jesus. We're going to talk about this next week. He denied Jesus three times. Jesus predicted it when he was about to be crucified. and said, when the, when the rooster crows three times, you're going to, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me. So Jesus is coming up at this moment in, in, in the book of Matthew 16 or chapter 16. And he says this, he goes, who do men say I am? Could you imagine this? He's looking around. He's going, oh, okay, somebody's going to answer this, right? Somebody's going to answer this. Who's going to answer this story? He's like, who, who, okay, I, I, I'll answer. He goes, some say that you're Elijah. Some say you're a, a prophet. Some say you're this. And then all of a sudden, Jesus goes, who do you say I am? Who, who do you say I am? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He goes, that wasn't given to you by natural cause. That was given to you by a spiritual thing inside of you. It was a, spirit, it was a step of spiritual, like that's stepping out. How about this? How about on the day of Pentecost? Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, leaves. He sends his Holy Spirit to come. Peter's in front of thousands of people. 
He preaches a dynamic message about Jesus Christ, the resurrected Jesus, and 3,000 people get saved that day. I have yet to see that happen at Journey. Maybe one day it will, but 3,000 people get saved. Do you realize that Peter, the same Peter that, that was sinking in the water was the same one that when he would pass by, crippled and deaf and blind and even dead and lepers, that they would be, and he would say, rise and be healed in the name of Jesus. He's the same one that said, when he was going up to the temple, and there's a poor person there. He goes, silver or gold, I don't have any of that, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, rise and be healed. That same Peter that sank is the same Peter that God used because of his ability to step out in faith. Over and over again, God blessed Peter because of that. And the lesson learned in that is, if God blessed Peter for stepping out in faith and even failing at times, would God do that for me? Could God do that for me? Is there potential that I'm not walking or doing the things that God wants me to do? And this has been my prayer all week. I hope that, that today that we're inspired, all of us, myself included, are inspired to kind of from the example of Peter to take some risks, to get out in the water, step out in faith. Here's the first thing I want us to get today, and this is really, really important. To do the unprecedented, though, to do the things that God wants us to do, we must be willing to take unprecedented steps. There's things that God's gonna ask you to do that don't make sense. Like 18 years ago, leaving a job, Hundreds of kids coming uh, to a youth group. And God tells us at Hilton Head, I want you to start a church. And I'm like, nope, thanks. Got a good one right here called Stevens Creek. Nope, I want you to start a church. Unprecedented. I never, it never crossed my mind, but God was saying, I want you to walk on water. As a matter of fact, I was reading a book by John Ortenberg at the time called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. See, a lot of us want to be water walkers, but we're afraid to get out of the boat. A lot of us want to do the things God wants us to do, the dreams that he's put in our minds, but we don't take that first step. And in order for us to be used, used by God, we have to take the unprecedented first step. Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to him saying, take heart, it is I, do not, do, not, do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water. Let, let me tell you what I hope happens in the next couple moments. I hope that everybody that's sitting here, everybody's watching online right now, wants to take or willing to take the first step to living a higher level of faith. And Peter was saying, I wanna, I wanna move my faith up a notch or two. I'm ready to trust you with the impossible. I'm ready to walk on water. Wherever you are, I'm ready to go there. What, what in your life is God telling you to do that you have not been willing to take the first steps yet? Ministry, Educate, whatever it is, relationship. What, what, is it, what is God telling you to come out on the water? Second thing we'll have to do, the first one we'll have to take the step. The second thing is every one of us will have to encounter this thing called fear. Some of us more than others, right? The catalyst moment to this whole event was two, two things caught. If you, if, you, if you read it with me, it was fear. They saw Jesus walking and they thought it was a ghost, fear. And then he walks out on the water and the winds start to pick up and the waves and it's fear. And I think unless we have an honest conversation with ourselves and understand what fear could possibly do. See, we allow fear to debilitate us, but fear can also be a motivator to get us to the next level God wants us to get to. We need to develop a proper response. Here's the response. Lord, 
I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. I'll be honest with you, I'm a little afraid. But if you're out there, I'm coming. That's a proper response to fear. Lord, hey, this is what he said. He said, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. We can, and we're able to say, listen, I'm afraid of this next move. I had a, a, a conversation with somebody in my office a couple weeks ago, and they were trying to make a decision on a relationship. I said, what are you afraid of? And, and, and he said this, I'm afraid that it'll end in divorce. And yet with that attitude, it probably will. But you know, I can walk around my whole entire life being and living in fear, right? Or... I can live in faith. And I can put my trust in the faith of the one that walked on water, that walks on water, that raises the dead, that heals the sick. That's what Peter did. He decided to do that. Fear can do two things. It can paralyze us, right? Or, or it can capture our attention. It can paralyze us or it captures our attention. Which one are you going to allow the fear or that fear to do in what your life how are you going to handle that? So that's the first one. Here's the second one. To do something unprecedented, you must be willing to move. You're going, Bobby, that's stupid. That's the first one. You just said take steps. No, it's not. The first one is psychological. I've got to get it in my mind. I've got to get my, made up mind that I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And this is where most people get hung up right here. I bet you I could, I could pull a bunch of people in this, in, this, in this parking lot right now and go, how many people have ever had God tell them to do something? And then the next question is, how many people did it? And I'll guarantee you there's a lot less people that did it than just the people that got, I, I bet you there's people that have visions and dreams and desires and goals that they've never acted out because deciding to do it, taking steps is psychological, but actually taking the move or making the move or moving toward that is actually physical. This is what it says in verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come on the water, he said. Come. So Peter got out of the boat. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'd have asked a couple more questions. Am I the only one that would have done that? Okay. Is there a trick to this? Do you have any floats? Can I, can I get a swimmy or two? Can you put something? Can you give me a... Give me a guarantee of that thing. See, many people get bogged down right here. When you get to go ahead, guess what you need to do? You need to go ahead. You need to go. You need to come. Here's how it works for me. I'm going to be real honest with everybody today. I, I fall into three categories at different times in my life. Sometimes, anybody ever done this? I don't wait for the go ahead and I just go. Like I don't even really ask God, like, God, I got this one. And so I just go. And you know what generally happens? Miserable failure, right? So how many people, best confession, how many people know what I'm talking about? You've done that right there. Okay, a lot of us, good. Here's the second one, and I think I end up in this category a little bit more than the other. Hey, God, if you just give me the go-ahead, um, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. He goes, go ahead. And I got, God, if you just give me the go-ahead, hey, God, listen, give me a sign. Like, you know, give me a sign, God. Okay, he gives me a sign. Go ahead. Okay, God, here's the deal. If you do this, 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 and this, and you bring it all back around, like, give, give me the go-ahead. Go ahead. And then I think sometimes he loses patience with me and gives the job to somebody else. Or, here's the third way, and some of us fall into this category. God, if you give me the go-ahead, well, better yet, God. I'm going to walk on water, but it would be so much cooler, God, if you did it this way. Why don't you build an island? Do you know how much glory you would get if you put an island right there? 
Like, I would give you all the glory. If you just put an island right there, I'll walk out on the water. I'll get to the edge of the water. I'll walk in the island. But you imagine that. And God says, no, no, no. I want you to have faith to walk on water. But what, what are the areas of your life? What are the areas of my life that we're, we're doing that? What, what are the areas of our lives that we're saying, I'm willing to do something? Um, it's not a surprise. It's not, you know, you can't turn on anything anymore without some type of tension in the world, whether it's COVID or the racial stuff. And so I've been reading a lot about just kind of world stuff. And then Gretchen sent me um, a story uh, about something that happened in California that sounded just really familiar to what's going on right now. It was in the 1990s. I remember this vividly. How many people were around in the 90s? Well, good. Um, you probably remember there's racial tension again back in the 90s, and gangs were taking it out, and gangs were actually fighting each other in Los, in Los Angeles, people dying all over the place. And it was this one little parish, this one little area. It was a Dolores Mission um, area. And there was a couple ladies that were meeting um, at a church, and they decided that they were going to um, pray, and they were going to start praying. And one night they were doing Bible study, and they came across the story of Peter walking on water. And as they were going through the story, one of the ladies said, whoa, like, we need to get out of the way. We need to do something. So she organized a prayer march, and she started walking around the city. And what she would do is she was taking food, the worst parts, the slums of, of L.A. She was walking around, and she would actually give Cokes and, and, and food and everything, gang members. And they were, they were taken off guard because this, this is not in how to do War 101. Like, that's not how you do this thing. You, you don't give food to the enemy. You don't give food. But she's, they're walking around. 75 women started walking around the city in these, they called them love marches. And all they were doing was telling people how much God loved them. And it all happened because God told her to get out of the boat. 75 other women. And it made me think about this. What ministries haven't been started because we're afraid to get out of the boat? What, 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 what things has God told you to do? What, what things God, what, what's he told me to do that I'm afraid to get out of the boat? I'm afraid to take that first step. I'm afraid to trust God. How about your life? What, what is that? What books haven't been written yet that God's given you ideas or what things haven't been said yet or what relationships haven't been built? What jobs haven't been created? What businesses, what business model, what, what, have, what has God been laying on your heart that you're afraid to get out of the boat and get out of the boat. Take that step. Do something. Bobby, I can hear it. Bobby, how, how, I, I don't know. It was bad pizza. That's, it's not even God. How do you know it's God? Let me tell you how it works for me. It may not work this way for you, but this is how it works for me. About 95% of the time when God speaks something, it's speaking, he's speaking through his word. So I, I, I'll, I'll get an idea. When we start a journey, um, I literally was reading um, parts of the Bible and God spoke to me and gave, gave us the name of the church, told us the style of church. It was going to be everything. 95% of the time he speaks to a, through a Bible study or through, you know, a, a teaching, a podcast. But, but, but most of the time it's, it's just reading God's word. And all of a sudden, whoo, like there it is. 5% of the time it's generally somebody speaking into my life. And it's not that I don't listen to people, but I would rather listen to God and do what God wants to do than listen to what people say sometimes. And so about five, but you know what the best is when it's 100%, it's about 100, when it's both. 
when God speaks it and somebody confirms it. So if you have a dream and God's telling you to walk on water, get in God's words. Ask God to speak to you and through you in that, in that dream, whatever it looks like. The majority of the time, the majority of the time, he'll confirm it with his word and he'll confirm it with people around you. Let me give you the last thing. The last thing is to do unprecedented. You must realize that you're not alone. That's the one cool part of that the story. And, and I'm not gonna ask my show of hands, but a lot of people even, even right here would go, you know something, Peter failed. Bobby, Peter failed. Peter failed. And, and I didn't realize this. Really, you know Peter walked on water twice? The first time he walked by himself and he sank. The second time he walked on water and got back to the boat. It's because he realized he wasn't alone. He got in this really bad situation. But you know what he knew how to do? He knew how to call on the one that can save him from his situation. And I think so many times in our lives, and don't be offended by this, or do be offended, I don't care. So many times our first response is what's the world telling us to do? So many times we're gonna go to the doctor first, or we're gonna go to this person first, or we're gonna go to a psychologist first, or a counselor first. Could you imagine if Peter went through all that, he's, he'd, he'd have drowned. He knew the one he had to call and the one who was standing right, he said, I, I need you, Lord, to come and save me. Now, all those other, they have, the, they have their place, right? Doctors have their places, counselors have their place. All that, they have their place. But why is God the last resort? Why is God the last choice? Why is God the last thing we do instead of the first thing we do? And that's what Peter does. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Don't, don't raise your hand on this one. Have you ever taken your eyes off, off of God? There's been so many opportunities in my life, so many times where I literally have been in that moment where he was right there and I took my eyes off him. And that was Peter's mistake, but not failure. The fact is, we're human just like Peter is. We need to learn to recognize, <laughs> this is so cool, that if Jesus, this is the place in my life right now, if Jesus doesn't pull me out or pull me up, nothing will. Like I have to, there's a dependency that Peter had in that moment that I think God's trying to teach a lot of it, that, that, he, that I need him to do it or else it will not get done. Do you ever wonder what happened between the time Peter was sinking and came back up and got back to the boat? Do you ever wonder about that little conversation? I, I know what they were talking about on the boat, right? Because I have... Friends of mine that are like this, I knew you'd fail. Peter, I knew you'd fail. I knew you were going to sink. You were never going to make it. Anybody have any friends like that? Yeah, you, it, 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 it's never going to work. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. There's two observations I want to make and then I'm going to close. Peter walked on water, away from the boat, toward Jesus. And he walked back to the boat with Jesus. What one would you rather be doing? That's a choice that we make. Out of the mouth of babes, 
Walk with Jesus. Thank you. Nobody else got it. You did. Perfect. You get the special prize today. You get to keep the float. But here's the other thing. I want you to think about your circumstance. Maybe you're in a circumstance right now. When did the, the storm cease? Why it was on the water? Or when he got back to the boat? And so many times in our lives, we want the, we want the storm to cease, and then we'll follow God. And God's going, no, no, that's not how it works. I want you in the middle of the storm, I want you to follow me. In the middle of the storm. And then when you finally take his hand, I can tell you what's going to happen. The storm's going to cease. It may not even die down, but it's going to appear like it ceased. So we're sitting on the side of the pool. Three, two, one, nothing. This went on for two days. I, I looked so stupid in the pool. Come on. And then all of a sudden, three, two, one, I got you. Come on, I got you. Out of nowhere, she jumps into the water. That look on her face when she realized that her dad wasn't crazy and her dad wasn't going to let her down and her daddy was not going to let anything harm her is etched in my mind. For the next couple days, we were at the pool. The first move was she took the inner tube off. And she just had her wings. Then I remember her work walking to the side of the pool, and I said, go get your wings. And she said, nope. I got this. Why do you have this? Because you got this. You got me, Daddy. You got me. That's exactly, that's exactly what happened in this story. Jesus is saying, come on, Peter. Do you think Jesus knew that Peter was going to sink? Absolutely, yes. But he said, come on out of the water. You don't need the wingies. You don't need to just come out the water. I got you. Do you, you know what I thought? There was a fear in me when I was sitting by the pool with the kids. That they... They were just gonna one day jump in the pool all by themselves because I, when, you know, we were sitting like, like I wasn't there. And you know what I realized? They were not self-reliant. They were reliant on the father being in the pool. Now, it'd be a little awkward now if they still waited for that. But, but how about us? What area of our lives is God telling us to step out onto the water? What unprecedented thing does God want you to do that you have to step out on the water? That you have to make that first move? That you have to do that first thing? Where is it that God's asking you to be like Peter? Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. He's calling you to do something spectacular. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this moment right now, I think there's several hundred things that you're speaking to people. And for everybody, it's different. 
For some, it may be a ministry that you're calling them to do. They've been in fear and you're saying, come on, it's time. Get out of the boat. Get out of, come on, let's go. For others, it may be a career. For others, it may be a relationship. Honestly, for others, it may be that first step to Jesus. Like you've never made that first step. You've been doing it all on your own and you feel like you're sinking and you feel like the water's about at your neck right now. And God says, I just want you to reach up. I'm gonna pull you out. first step for all of us. Lord, if that's you, I'm coming. Lord, if that's you, would you do something? Lord, if that's you, would you speak into my storm? Would you speak into my situation? Would you comment? Would you do what you want to do? I'm letting you, God. Father, I challenge, I pray, it's been my prayer that today there would be defining moments in people's lives where they would go, you know something? I'm living beyond myself. I'm living for something bigger than myself. I know you're gonna do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine because that's what you say. And I pray that you would do that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help talking about your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.